but anyways. All right, man. Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, I'm still working on the intro. I'm trying to do like a more personalized instead of like I used mm. to do like a today's episode is so and so. I'm trying to do more like, hey, welcome. Yeah. What's up? Follow your boy. If you like this, hit the like button. Subscribe. You know, holla at your boy. All the YouTube tropes. Thank you for doing that because I always forget. <laughs> All right. Um, so I got my guest today. Um, he just moved to Vegas. How long have you been in Vegas now? About four months. About four months. Okay. Just moved to Vegas from Sacramento, right? Yeah. Um, uh, today, uh, you know what? Um, I don't even know what to call the topic that we're going to talk about. I mean, like, I know what we're talking about as far as it relates to comedy, but I kind of forgot what, what name I was going to give it. But uh, uh, let's just get you out the way first. Let's do the intros for you. Um, if you want to go ahead and drop your... Drop all your info, name, uh, hashtags, Instagrams, Facebook, promo, anything you want to do, smack that through real quick. What's up with it? I'm Mark Ass Johnson. You can follow me on Instagram at Mark Johnson LOD. And then that's pretty much, on, I'm not on Twitter, so fuck Twitter. And then Facebook, I can never find myself on Facebook. So just follow me on Instagram. Or you can just find me in the streets. I work at Sam's Club. So Spring Mountain, if you need help, let me know. Tire department. I work there, so. All right, sweet. That was cool. Just throw, my, throw your actual business out there. Yeah. Like, I work here. Spring yeah, <laughs> just come find me. If you need me to do your comedy show for anywhere, just come call Sam's Club Tire Department. I'll answer. You know, like, they, they don't have to know. Like, hey, is Mark in today? I'm trying to get a laugh, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's cool. That's nice and sweet and short. I like it. Um, yeah, so, okay, so today's topic, um, it, it's going to be... <laughs> It's um, like improv. It's more like improvising, but not so much improvising. Um, so we'll cover what I mean by that a little bit. Uh, but my first question for every guest is: So you do comedy? Yes. Good. Someone lied to me once. So at first I asked that question like a joke, like so you do comedy on a comedy podcast. But now I gotta ask because someone like yeah, then like they didn't. Mm. So all right, you passed the first test. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right, so you do comedy. Uh, how long have you been doing comedy for, Santa? Uh, literally about two years, minus one year for the, you know, the whole... COVID, the asterisk. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll just say, we'll say two and a half. Yeah. All right. We'll say Still two real and... new to it. Probably less than like 50 mics under my belt. Okay. All right. Uh, I didn't know you were counting. All right. You I, 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 I kind of actually thought you were doing a little longer. You seem to like carry yourself pretty well. I thought you were doing like at least four years. Oh, no. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. No, I, like I said, I literally, my first time picking a mic up was in February of 2019. And I did maybe one mic every two months. Okay. Until December. Okay. All right. Well, that was my next question here. Um, so you've been doing comedy for, for that long. And I want to hear about the first time you did comedy, your first, uh, how it felt, how it went, just everything that led up to that moment. Okay. So first thing is... I I written down some comedy, but I wasn't sure, so I went to actually watch an open mic, and I okay. watched an open mic. I was like, you know what? I'm definitely funnier than half these niggas. Okay. <laughs> Going to open mic, you just see people out, go up there and they, they just are awful, and I was like, yeah, right, well, I can do this. All right. Before we go further though, because um, a lot of people have said that you go to an open mic and you're like, I'm better than these guys. I'm better than these guys. Uh, before we, before we continue with your story, though, uh, since then, now when you go to open mics um, and you see someone new coming on the scene, right, um, 
and you've already done your set, do you still feel that way? Like, like that mentality, like I'm funny of these guys. When you see someone new, do you think they're thinking that? Do you, would you still say that? Oh, I say that all the time. I honestly feel like I'm the funniest person around. Okay. I just still need to learn and get that stage presence. There's a lot that I still have to grow and to make it to show that I'm funnier. But I honestly believe I'm the funniest person around. Okay. I mean, we definitely you got to definitely believe in yourself if you're going to do this. Yeah. You got to believe it. Um, even if you don't believe you're the funniest, you got to believe that at least you're trying, that you're going to get better, that you got something. You yeah. got to believe in yourself at, at somewhat, somewhere. So I believe myself. I, I know that there's people who are funnier. That, that there's so much that goes into to, uh, telling jokes on stage. Yeah, it's more yeah. than just the words. It's yeah. more than just the words. Okay. There's a lot of nuances that I have, so I have to learn. Right. Um, yeah, because I, I've, I've interviewed comics and they've all said like, "Oh, I thought I thought that was horrible," but then you go up there, and then you're like, "Crap!" You know, like your first time. It, it's not. It wasn't for me like it was in my head. Like my idea, my first time did not play out on stage at all. Uh, even now, still some of the open mics, it doesn't play out like I planned it out in my head. Because you know, we're going up there to practice practice how we're going to tell the jokes, what words we're going to tell the jokes, or, I mean, what order we're going to do the jokes, what presence, uh, am I going to need to act out a little bit, am I need to do facial expressions, do I need to drop, so we're yeah. figuring all that out. So much that goes into it. Yeah, compared to the first time, like I said, the first time, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm funny, these guys, but you go up, and you don't always get the laughs you were planning on, because it's not all put together well, unless you're just magic or people are just feeling it. Uh, so your first time, uh, how, how did you, I mean, because uh, we all think that, but how did you do then in relation to My that first thing? time, I actually, it's actually recorded, and I put it on my YouTube channel. I have to, don't know the name of my YouTube channel. I have two subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> maybe three, but, maybe three, guys. Maybe three. Who knows later on? I can double that tonight. Yeah. But I, I did pretty well. The thing, though, that I didn't think about is I set up and I practiced my uh, five minutes okay. beforehand, and I that made sure to get it down to like four and a half minutes. I never accounted for laughter. You know, I, uh, when I wrote my first set, I kind of accounted for it, but not as much as, or because I, I, I didn't know how long people were going to laugh at. You don't know how, how hard yeah. a joke's going to hit until you tell it. Yes. Uh, you know, sometimes you tell a joke, that's, and people are laughing at the setup. You're like, this isn't even the Dude, punchline. I, it drives me fucking crazy. You laugh at the wrong part, you people. This is the setup. Wait, yeah. and then I'll tell you this, this, this punchline, then you laugh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, that, that's something we're going to cover in the topic as well. So before we get into that, because I want to get through your backstory first. Yeah. So let's finish that up. Okay, so your first time you go up there, how did it go? How did you feel? Crowd reaction, everything. Tell me. Before I went on stage, like I was, when I was next up, you know, they go, hey, you're next. I was sitting down next to my friend and my knees were shaking. I was absolutely terrified. So I went and I... I there's a bar next door. I went and had two quick shots of whiskey. Stood on the backstage, and then I just all went away. And I was like, "Okay, I'm feeling much better." As soon as I went on stage, I felt great. Like I've no nervousness at all. So I, my jokes went well. I got some good laughter.s The only thing that was me is that I said I didn't account for laughter. So I just told my jokes all the way through, all four and a half minutes straight, like a speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never once stopped for laughter. So if you were laughing at my joke, you didn't hear the step to the next joke. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, 
So you were, you were stepping on your jokes. Um, yeah. So some people are probably trying to laugh, but they're like, wait, well, I'm trying to listen, or I missed this joke now because I was laughing at that joke, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's happened to me too. You just pee through. Um, I had one person like tell me like I, I didn't really laugh because I was trying to keep up with your joke. You know, I thought you were funny, but I, just, I was just trying to keep up. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, a lot of stuff takes practice and like getting used to and being on stage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when you got off stage though, um, you you said you you were only going like once every couple months or so. Yeah, at first I was doing like maybe once every two months. It was like just busy with life and stuff. Well, my schedule at Sam's Club was I was working three to eleven thirty every night. Mm-hmm. So you were working right when the mics are happening. Yeah. Gotcha. And then at the time I had the mindset is like every time I go on stage, I need to have something different. Um, it's, it's definitely good to have a good repertoire. Uh, but as you've, I'm sure you've noticed, we do the same jokes night after night, week after week for a while. Yeah. Until we finally get, you know, we, we memorize it just the right way. You know, like this is the way that always seems to work. Majority of the times. So, you know, a few times those jokes don't work for some reason. Uh, so yeah, so you so you had a lot of material then starting out. Yeah, I was just always write in and stuff because once I figured out like, like you don't have to, like your jokes are are you, mm-hmm. and you have stories that you tell people. So I was like, these are my go-to stories I tell someone if I meet someone new, and okay. that was like the best advice I ever got for like writing comedy. It's like, what are your go-to stories? Yeah, yeah. So I just wrote those all down. Yeah. And it changed up the topic a little bit to make it match a little, you know, whatever was popular. No, that's pretty good, yeah. Because uh, people say, like, you know, be relatable. You know, talk about yourself. People, uh, you're, I'm sure you're going to have some story someone's going to relate to at some point. You know, like, talk about riding a bike. Like, everyone's riding a bike. You know, so if you'll rarely meet someone who hasn't ridden a bike. You know, and that's the same with jokes. You're going to tell something that a lot of people had experience with. Um, and just tell it your way. That's cool. But yeah, so it was cool. So I was doing open mics and maybe once a month, every couple of months. And then at the December of 2019, I met um, uh, someone who does a producer who has shows. And she was like an intimate group. So I told her like two minutes of my jokes. She loved it. So she put me on her crew with some of the other comedians from around Sacramento we started doing shows. So I started doing my, my first show was in February. So I went from doing like the five minute sets to 10 minutes. And then by the time I got to the end of March, I had like a 20 minute set. But by, you know, I did my, uh, the last show like March 23rd. Mm. And then like. That was like the night the world stopped. Yeah. That was like that yeah, same like night. Two days later, it was, it was over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember so, that. So yeah, night. I started doing shows in February and stopped abruptly at the end of March. Okay. All right. Okay. So, I mean, so being fairly new again on those shows, and you uh, have about twenty minutes. You say, uh, obviously, you know, when we started out, we're trying to figure out how to do the jokes. Like we have, for the most part, we know the jokes funny. We just gotta make sure we tell it right, we sell it right. Um, so, out of those twenty minutes, like, how much would you say is is ready? Like a hundred percent, you got it locked down. I'd say probably ten minutes right now. Yeah, I've uh, definitely shortened it up and like realized that you don't. You cut and you add to it, and you take out the the, the fluff, the filler, the, all the fat, the yeah. extra words you don't need. And yeah, okay. Um, no, so yeah, that's. I mean, same thing with me. I've, I've got jokes I haven't done in a while, and then I go back to them, and I'm not doing them the same way as I was before. Like, you know, I'm taking three cents out. I'm taking a part of a joke that I, I take it completely out because I'm like, it's not relevant to the story. I don't need it for the laugh. I'm just wasting time. You're trying to make it compact. Trying to make it as clean. 
because you know five minutes is not a lot of time on stage. It's not. And it goes when it's and it's when it's a good night, it goes like that. When it's not a good night, it's like uh, you know. Yeah, if 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 it if not five minutes takes thirty minutes, then it's a rough time on stage. You're just looking at people and not laugh. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, um, so we're just gonna straight into the topic because since we're kind of just dancing around it, you know. But it's like it's uh, like adapting and improvising, you know, because. Uh, but I made the comment to you on one of your jokes, your your, um, your OnlyFans reference jokes. Yeah. And every time I heard you tell it, the audience doesn't really laugh at the joke. But then you're like, oh, fuck you guys. That, that was funny shit, you know? All right, just so you guys know, I'll tell the joke right now. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go Might on. as well. Go okay. So I'm going to start a business where I exclusively sell devices that push air around a room. I'm going to call it OnlyFans. Yes, and it already has a great online presence. So that's the joke, and it ne- it never gets laughs. Um, no, and honestly, that is uh, like a very cheesy. Like you can see that joke coming a yeah. mile away. You, you know, a mile away. That joke would definitely hit if people were drunk at that point, and they're just like fucking around, like they're they're really feeling the vibe and everything. Like ah, okay, He's, you know. Um, but that like like I told you, like that joke is so anyone can see it coming. You know, you start doing the prep, like oh, okay, this is a. Uh, I see where this is going. But you follow it up every time. It's like, oh, fuck you guys. That joke was funny, you know? Yeah, I worked hard on that joke. I'm proud of that joke. I like that joke, honestly. Sometimes uh, you like something, you know? Like, I got jokes I like that I don't do. Yeah, that don't well, do well, but I like... I, so I take it personally when the crowd doesn't laugh. Yeah, and then I told you, like, um, how you... The way you react is almost like that's the joke. Like, like you know that joke is uh, like a, a dad joke or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. Or, or stepdad joke. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> stepdad joke. But then you go out and you defend yourself, and, and then they get the laughs from that, from like you being like, no, fuck you, that joke was clever. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, like you're poking fun at yourself, you know? And I think you mentioned, like, now that you realize that, that I guess now you're focusing on that part. Yeah. So that's something that I always wanted to make a part of my comedy repertoire, but it's for me, it's the scariest part, is the crowd work. Talking to the crowd, interacting with the crowd, because you can't practice that. It has to just come naturally in a second uh, for it to be the, like the, the funniest. Like you can do some crowd stuff where you, like, you ask questions that no matter what they say, you have a joke based on you know, whatever, it doesn't matter, you know. And like you play basketball, you're like, no, I, I play volleyball. It's cool. Well, I play basketball, and then like, you can't do that. But to really play off what they said, yeah. Uh, when it comes to crowd work, definitely, you know, uh, I don't, I don't really care too much for it either. You know, uh, especially like if they're gonna turn into a heckler. You know, you're just asking a simple question, and then all of a sudden, they're like, now they think like, oh, we're in a conversation. Like, no, I was just, just wanting to know if you play basketball. That's that's yeah. All. I said that's part. I said just never quite know. Yeah, and you got and to practice that you just, is just keep doing it uh, until eventually I feel like it's you eventually just so well adverse to it you just know how to get out of it. You just yeah. so like it, you know how to make you know like mastering the art of leaving a conversation. You know, instead of having one, you're leaving one. Yeah, some comedians do it like all, like Russell Peters yeah. will have his whole special. It's just him talking to the crowd. Yeah, and they can. Yeah, they're great at that, and that's you know that's the improvising on the spot, you know, or or just being a great conversationalist too. That's what you got to do. You got to know how to control the conversation. But as far as the reference to your joke and the improvising, though, like, um, because 
I mean, now I think you should just keep selling it that way. Like, you do the joke, and then you're like, you just like, no, fuck you, yeah, that joke was great. And then you double down with some other jokes. Like, well, I mean, if you didn't like that one, you do, you do some other kind of jokes. Yeah. And then you really build it up on yourself. And I feel like you can build a set around that. Like, now you're talking about yourself and how, I feel like you do a set like, your style of comedy, what you like and what people don't like, and then somehow intertwine to like, fuck you guys, you don't know comedy, you know, but not in the rude way some comedies do it. Yeah. In a way where you're like, you're playing, you're, you're, you have to be hurt. Yeah. You have to yeah. appear to be hurt, and the crowd likes that. Yeah, because people like to see pain. Yeah. And this is like an emotional live pain, like, you like my joke, you know, and then I think there's something to that, you know, that, that joke that you focus on that. You get a couple bits out of it, but the real the real thing about this is though, like, is the improvising, like, you know, because I don't think you were doing that on purpose to, for the joke. That was I really thought the joke was getting laughs. Yeah, in my head, because every time I do it, like, I you can't. I hate watching myself do comedy. I really do. I I hate watching it. So like in my head, I always kind of you know take a little snapshots of the mm -hmm. crowd, like what jokes get laughs, like when right. So not exactly when it got the laughs, but like what joke got the laugh. And that joke would always get laughs, so I didn't realize that it was not the joke itself. It was uh, the, the corniness of the, I think I think it's the corny the corniness of the joke. Yeah. You know, because uh, what's another dumb corny joke people do hack joke? Like, I, don't, I don't know. But yeah, there's some jokes that's like, <laughs> I can't believe you said that. You know, whatever kind of jokes. Uh, but when you realize that uh, now you're going to, I think... What did you say you were gonna do with it? Now that you did, you know that you see that. Yeah, so I can just take it further and just like own it. Once you own it, and mm -hmm. I, I said it has to be a realistic sadness. Yeah, that Which, you're, you have to be generally ups, generally upset. That's the part that's hard to sell because now that I know it. Not yeah. Which I, I'm, <laughs> now now I have to sell it, which is it's good because once I perfect being able to sell it without me being generally uh, upset, it doesn't get laughed. Then I can make it, and I can do it night after night after night. Yeah, which I, every time I saw you do the joke, you did that, and I was like, oh, I think he's doing it on purpose. You know, like I think he's purposely like selling it that way. Like, but yeah, I mean, you're improvising that. Has there any been any other kind of joke or anything like that where you do the joke, it either works or it doesn't work, but then you improvise something around that? No, not really. I think that's it's just whatever you you know when you tell a joke and you and you pause for laughter and no one laughs, you're like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. That was the joke. Like I, it, it, it gets to you. Yeah, I, I honestly like on the way you, the way because like I honestly thought you were delivering that joke on purpose that way. But the way you like you speak, I really think you can keep doing some jokes like that. But the real joke is hidden in your feelings. You know, yeah. you somehow make a joke in there, not just saying like, "Oh, that that joke was funny." You fuck you guys, you didn't like it. No, but somehow actually throwing a real joke in there. Like I bet you guys like, and then you do like another joke. Oh, so you guys like those kind of jokes, but. You know, I, I just feel like there's something there. They build on, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you, yeah, the way, and the way you sold, sell it, I legitimately thought every time you legitimately, that that was like where you were throwing your punchline at, like that's where it was, not this joke. That joke was just something to throw them off and then boom. That's a good way to look at it. I was not at all that way. <laughs> but I, it, it, it just, it sold, and, that, and that's why I was going with the improvising, you know, like um, I've done jokes sometimes and I forgot the tag or the punchline of that particular joke and then I just say whatever I don't even know what popped in my head some words just come out of my mouth sometimes and, and those words get the biggest laughs yeah. and you it part that sucks like if you didn't record it you have no idea what you said exactly and if no one calls you out on it and tells you about it you don't yeah. know because I've had jokes where 
like I said, I forget it, and then I just make something up, and then people are laughing, and then I'm like, they didn't laugh when I did it the other way. Yeah. They laugh more now than I just made on the spot, which, and it's not anything, like, I mean, obviously, it's on topic with a joke, but it's not, the joke is A, and this new punchline is, is B, and it's like, where did this come from, you know, it's whatever. It's randomness, and like I said, and it, those jokes be the best jokes, and that's why I always try and record my sets. Even though I, I hate watching my sets, mm-hmm. because so, that, that little bit of gold that you'll get in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did an extra two minutes the other night because I was like, I didn't time myself right, and I forgot a couple of jokes. Cause, you know, we've been rusty for a while. Yeah. So I just made up a whole like two minute last bit like right there on the spot, just off of one idea, and I just started talking, you know. And and then that's the thing with the comedy on the stage sometimes with the crowd work, things just come up. You know, like so. How many? How many of your jokes have you had? Do you know of any that have come that way? Oh. Or, or do you write them all completely out and only do what you write out? I definitely write my jokes out, and I try and do them the way that I write them out, but it just never works out that way. Mm-hmm. I, ne- I it it always something always random pops my head, and I well, like you never like I'll fuck up the order just a little bit, and then I'll just have to say something else, and then. You know, when you say it over and over again, like you think of something on the spot, mm-hmm. so you just throw it out there, and then sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when it works, it's. And then do you keep that when it works? Yes, I try to. Okay, because you record yourself and you try to watch yourself. Yeah. I record myself, uh, video, audio. Sometimes I don't listen to it. Um, I try to play. It. I was like, I'll remember it. Dumb, dumb rule. Yeah. And it's it's nice when it hits like that, like it really gets laughter, and when you can remember it. But then it sucks when you do it again on purpose, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Have you had any of those kind of jokes experience with that? Yeah, like it, it's weird, like that. Like you, like I had a joke one, one of my crazy girlfriend one, which it started out as a was a real story. Me and my friend Taylor were actually at a Chinese buffet. And this old lady walks from behind the counter, taps me on the shoulder, and goes, the ribs are over there, and then walks away. I was, I was like, oh, okay. But crazy thing's like, I, I don't need her to tell me where the fucking ribs are. Like, I know where ribs are. I'll find the ribs. I'm black, all right? <laughs> I'll find ribs, I'll find chicken. But like, I was saying that, so I wrote that, that was like one of my first jokes I wrote down. And I was saying it, and then I made a reference to, I think, black and yellow. Like the song, because this mm-hmm. is, you know, like the song Black and Yellow, and it got some good laughs. Like, oh, that's pretty good. So I threw it in there, and then it never got laughs ever again. Just that one time, huh? Just that one time I, I randomly said it. Now, have you thought about going back to that joke and then figuring out what was it that got, didn't get a laugh? Because um, one thing, you got to read the crowd. Uh, maybe they're not into hip hop music, you know? Yeah. That could have been a country bar. They're like, what, Black and Yellow? What? Like, I don't beat my wife or something. I don't know. Like, I'm not it, suspecting nothing. It was such a popular song for a while, then it just faded off. So it was mm-hmm. like one of those things. Like that's the part that sucks too. Is like when you think of something that's real topical, you it, get you the topical jokes get a limited time with. Yeah, like especially doing COVID jokes right now. You you what you maybe till 2022, and after that, I'm like, oh, man, I heard all these jokes. Like unless your COVID joke is somehow amazing, that doesn't matter. Five years from now, you do it, everyone will be like, no, nah, that's fucking. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, was like the whole like I remember like one of the earlier jokes like oh it's COVID nineteen like what happened to COVID eighteen you know gone. Yeah, I know I stayed away from COVID jokes because I felt like every comedian was trying to shoehorn them in. 
because it, it, it was it was low hanging fruit. Yeah. I remember, like like I said, I remember it was low hanging fruit, and there was like some I came out. I I got one COVID joke that I do do. Um, you know, I talk about being, I talk about getting tested, and I talk about um, social distancing for eighteen years. You know, I thought I was like because of a, a, a I don't. I'll do the fuck it. I'll do the joke because I'm just all I'm saying is like you know like like I don't want a date during COVID because I don't want to I don't want to pass. That's not a test I want to pass, you know. And then if I think about it, like really the only test worse than that is an STD test. I mean I can still go out, but I can't deliver my stimulus package. <laughs> and then if I really think about it though, the, you know what test is worse than that? A pregnancy test because that's 18 years of social distancing. Yeah, well you can. That's an easy one. You can get around that. You yeah. Just push it down the stairs. Yeah. And I always do a follow up. This, I, this is a. I'm joking. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> so, because we're, since we're talking about improvising, this is a. So one time I actually I did that joke. No one laughed. And in my head, I was like, oh, okay. I guess that one hit too close to home for you guys, you know. And then they started laughing. Um. So because of like just improvising on the spot and calling myself out, like kind of like you did. Yeah. People get loud. So now when that joke doesn't work. I make that jump. I do that, that tag in there, and everybody's like, now they're laughing. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess. Blah blah blah. But if it hits, I don't. I avoid. I don't go to that line. Do you have jokes like that? I would say I would like to, but I really don't. Like all my jokes, like I have them set up, and it's really just the randomness. Like the OnlyFans ones. Like I said, it was not. That was not planned. Mm -hmm. It was never planned that way. I mean, it was just every time I said it, no one laughed. So whenever. I would, I just have my bell outs of no one laughs. I'm just gonna I just go to random funny mode and I just go, let me try and say something then yeah, right. to to bring life back in. So you're really on on script kind of comedy. You you stick to what you wrote and Yeah, that's I try it. and stick to what I wrote to what I write. Okay. Do you ever do any my exchange thing where you just go up with nothing planned? Just I'm just gonna talk and see what comes out of my mouth? If I force myself to, yes. If you force myself. Do you do that often? Not not often enough. Okay, I've done it a couple of times. I hate I hate doing that. Uh, even if I just have a premise, mm, it's it's. I feel like it's a it's force. Obviously, you're forcing yourself yeah. to just come up with stuff versus quick thinking. Yeah, I just I like to have something to say. Like it feels so random, like just so weird to not have nothing to say up on stage and just talk to someone and be like, hey, what do you do for a living? Yeah, um, I definitely don't go that far. No, I just, I, I think of a topic. I'm like, all right, I'm going to talk about drinking. And then I'm out there like. Oh, okay, see, drink. yeah, what I do, like, when I, when I don't have my scripts, I usually try and talk to the crowd and do crowd work. Okay, so you, with their improvise, it's more crowd work then. You don't try to just come up with a joke on the spot or some yeah. quick reaction. You just well, talk to the crowd, see what they're feeling. Yeah. How's that work, how's that work out for you? Because, like. Hit or miss, it's so hard. It's like to get, yeah, because I, I, I hate doing that. I hate, yeah. I think I got one joke where I, I have one joke and I haven't even gotten it down really good. Where I asked the crowd, like, uh, so what kind of jokes do you guys want to hear? And I started asking people, um, and then I make it like, uh, well, I'm gonna do what I want to do. That, that, you know, I was just giving you guys some false hope, real quick, you know, but I, yeah. I can't, you because you got to talk to the crowd, it's not easy. Sometimes they like don't talk to you. You like ask them a question, and it's just like one quick answer, and that's it. Like, yeah. Thank you. But also, too, the weird part is like, because at the show, the last show we were at when I was there, I was um, I was having a hard time because I would do my joke set up, and then this one girl in the crowd was drunk and kept talking back. 
So she would say something to me, and I would say something back to her, and it was funny, and it, and it got a good amount of laughs. But then afterwards, I was like, do we go back to my joke I was setting up before? I, I remember that. I remember that was a, a backstop. I remember that. And you were like, calling me like, man, I, I came up here to do a, a five-minute set. I, ain't, I didn't even do a minute of it. And I remember yeah. that. And see, and this is why I feel like you can do a set all around you. Not even the joke, but just on you. Because when you do, did that joke, and then the way you, the way you called yourself up, man, I came up here to do five minutes. It wasn't like, like you seen comics where they're like, oh, how much time I got left? Or what was I talking about? You know, you can see them like they're really yeah. fogging up. But the way you do it, it's like, it's almost like that's how it was written. It's almost like you intentionally like planned to do be like that. And be like, man, I came. It's just it feels it feels pretty natural. You know, you got, you got a natural presence on stage. Um, and that's kind of hard to come across something just naturally, you know. But your voice is very natural on stage. It really makes me believe like everything you did, you kind of planned it out on purpose. Even even that set you said where you you were just going back and forth with that lady. You just, yeah. I I thought you were really like. I, I don't know. I feel, like, that's why I say I feel like you've been doing it longer than two years, or two and a half. You like you really carry yourself very well on stage. Um. So yeah, man. Kudos. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely watched a, just a lot of comedy growing up. Been a big fan of it. I was uh, doing comedy. I didn't realize I was a comedian at the time. Um. I don't think a lot of people do because I know like a lot of people are like, man, you're funny. You should be a comic. And I'm like, yeah, you just shove, like, shove it off. Like, uh. Uh, but yeah, man, you definitely got a good presence. You know, and I think improvising, I think you could be great at that, improvising jokes. Um, just taking all those jokes and then random, going, ran, just randomness start drifting off. Um, and I forgot, you have an, I forgot, one, I forgot your other joke. Crap. I was gonna talk about that with the uh, they're, they're all funny. Trust me. They're so funny. I can't remember any of them. <laughs> they all blended in. <laughs> no, yeah. but yeah, you got a quick wit. You know, you're quick about it. That's why I feel like improvising. It, 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 when you're on stage, you never know when you're gonna bomb. Yeah, you do really don't. No, you, you don't. And sometimes you can recover if you can quickly improvise. Um, so, do you have any experience when you bombed? but recovered out of it because of your quick thinking, your quick uh, improvising? No, not like at the time. It's more or less just after the fact, me going back and thinking about it and just owning it. Never at the time, because I remember I bombed a, a few times. I remember my first big bomb. Mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I did a show in uh, Tracy, California, which is like right next to Stockton. And uh, so, like, I grew up around all black people up until I was, like, 15, and then I was around all white people. So a lot of my jokes were around me being the only black guy at a party, and that's how I would uh, kind of introduce myself to people. I was, like, I would go to a party out in Rockland, Roseville, which is, like, a really, really white part of Sacramento. You were just kind of like, hey, guys, I'm the new token black guy. Yeah. Um, Marcus is out. I'm in. I signed a new contract. I'm here for five years. So you were kind of just like on that on that way, like all right, it's yeah, it's yeah. Because I'll be at the parties and they would tell me people would tell me a lot about their one black friend growing up, like uh, or how they how they voted for Obama. I'm like, I just took a shot of premium with vodka. Don't bring Obama in this, okay? He has <laughs> nothing to do with this, right? So, but so I, I did good. But I went to do a show at Tracy, and it's just not black not black people. This is niggas. 
Okay. Straight from the hood. Yeah, like there's two tables dedicated to rolling weed. Just weed. Just not even weed. people. Just the weed. Just just, just, just two big ass tables, and they're just rolling. Just uh, roll your weed yeah. and leave. Roll your weed and leave. That's yes. Two tables. There's Hennessy bottles everywhere. Okay, there's fucking kids running around. It's like it's ghetto shit. Everyone's smoking weed, getting drunk. I do my jokes. Every one of them lands flat. No. Do you do you remember one of the jokes you did? Uh yeah. Some remember one I did about the, like my wedding joke, which I I realize now I was like. Black people don't get married that much, so that's part of one of the reasons why I didn't land as much. Did you make that reference after the joke? No. I feel like I should have. But I said that, that's that's saying that like I never really do it before, and this is all like me thinking back. You know, the night of, night after, you just go over your set in your mm-hmm. head. You think about all the mistakes you did. Yeah, because I know like um, like when things don't go well, like one of the the tricks to not I don't know, I guess I don't know. But you, you're bombing, and you're like, oh, I guess I gave rid of that joke, or I thought that joke was for me, or whatever. You know, people are laugh like, oh, you know. Um, but you, you come up with these quick wits, or wit, the, what's the word, quick? Quick responses. I'll go with quick responses. I have a joke that doesn't work, and it sucks, because it's like having a conversation with someone, an argument, and then you go home, and then you're in the shower, and then all of a sudden you think of all the great comebacks you could have. Dude, it, that's... That that part. Yeah. But I feel like you, honestly, I feel like you can just, like, if a joke bombs, I feel like you can just, like, you know, say, like go back to, like, you know, fuck it, fuck it, you know, and just start improvising. I feel like you can just be great at that. I, I'm sorry. This is the one of the times where I did improvise. There you go. So I, I wrote a joke, probably I've been working on it for at least a year, and it goes about a woman being crazy. And I, it goes, hey, what's up with you, woman, you know? And I talk to the crowd. I pick someone out in the crowd. And I plan this ahead of time, where I talk to a girl. In the so crowd. you plan? You were planning and improvisi- improvising. Yeah, yeah. Okay. kind of like improvising. Like I talk to someone, and like, well, like sometimes, like well, he bitches all crazy. Okay, I know understand you guys. And it goes into a true story about my um, friend. We were at waffle. We were getting um, mimosas the next day, and she ordered a banana waffle, with came with a hell of bananas on it. And she looks at her boyfriend when he gets there. He goes, "Hey, can you eat my bananas?" And she goes, well, I can't, because I can't eat them because I'm allergic. And I was like, well, if you're allergic to fucking bananas, bitch, why would you order a banana waffle? <laughs> that makes sense to me. But I'm not a girl. And then after we finished the meal, we were all sitting on the grass. And we were laying on the grass. And one of the other girls goes, hey, can someone give me a blanket? I'm allergic to grass. I'm like, then why the fuck are you laying on the grass then? So I thought of this joke, right? And, and I pick out and like, this is probably like last year in October, and there's only one table with people. The rest of the tables are all comics. So this is the only actual people that's there. Only audience. Only okay. audience. So I'm talking to a girl closest to me, and I go, hey, for the sake of this joke, I want you to tell me that I'm not sexy, even though I know I am. So I look at me. <laughs> I, I have mirrors. I can see me. And as I'm telling her that, on the other side of the table, the other lady goes, that's my daughter. She's 17. Quit talking to her like that. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm a pedophile. <laughs> and I, I just... I, I, don't even, I don't think that was a good improvisation. <laughs> I, I just panicked. And I just abandoned the joke. And I started a new joke. Started to set up. I panic again. Abandoned that joke. And I just keep... And I'm telling the audience the whole thing. Like, I'm fucking up. I'm just... I'm, like, I'm just going to be funny. So I'm playing with the bar stool. 
I'm doing playing with the microphone. I'm just being witty, and it's like, so the set got a bunch of laughs, which was nice. It was my first time getting laughs, but I didn't have any actual jokes during that set. It was just me being funny and panicking. Yeah, uh, I, I think you can do. I think you can do a great panicking set like that. You know, like the way you talk and you just act. I feel like you can do if you purposely wrote a set where you do a little panicking, like a oh, fuck you guys. I feel like you can, it would go great. Uh, I feel like you should do it. In fact, I'm going to push you. Like, you should do that, bro. You should just throw throw in the jokes here and there, but that's it. No, I think I could. Uh, I actually have a ton of jokes, and I have, corniness is my thing. I've realized that now, too. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm a corny joker. Yeah, and then you... But I just sell it. You Exactly, you sell it. And I think it, it's not really improvising, it's how you sell it. I think you it's the way you improvise how you sell it, you know? Because a lot of people can do that. Oh, fuck you guys. That joke is funny. You know? And that's it. The people laugh because they're like that. But nah, the way you do it is like intention, like like an art. Do it in like an art. Yeah, comedy is an art, though. That's true. That's it's, true. Because it's, it's, it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. And it, different people look at it different ways. And then that's in improvising. Uh, I feel like, I mean, if it's not going well, you got to learn how to pivot. Right, they're not liking me doing dark jokes. All yeah. right, um, we're gonna do jokes about uh, dogs. Oh, they don't like me talking about dogs. Let me whatever. You learn how to pivot, um, and when all else fails, if you can improvise really well and just start making stuff up, you know that's that's a pretty good gift. You know, because you don't want to be on stage for a ten minute set halfway through and you're out of jokes. No, that's no. But we've all been there where you forget your next joke. You you sell that joke that joke so hard and you get the punchline you're like I've worked shit out of that punchline and you finish punchline like fuck I forgot what I was supposed to do next yeah yeah uh, so what do you do in those situations um, I always try and have like the little like one off jokes like the OnlyFans like quick ones that don't have too much of a, a build up or set up that I can just, just kind of pump out while I breathe while I go through my jokes in my head okay okay um, but now have you ever had like a long stretch of time where you really, really had to improvise? No, not too much. I usually, I, I, I have a bunch of jokes in my head and before I go on stage, I, I have, all my jokes have names yeah. and I just go through all the names. You're really prepared when it comes to your stage because you like really, um, uh, there's another comic where you talk about he does his set. He's not doing crowd work. He's not, Really improvise whatever he's got to do to keep on set, and so that's kind of what you do. You try to stick to your set list. I try to, but I don't like. They said, I will. I do like to talk to the crowd, interact with the crowd. So I will allow that, and I will talk back to them, and I'll engage them. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much, but I still want to have something to say. Yeah. Although I will allow myself to go off script, I feel better going off script, knowing that I can always start this next joke and you, I, I still know what I want to end on so when I get to that, when I get the light I go okay at the light I got this last joke here I know what I want to say mm-hmm. I mean it's good to be able to go in and out of that too you know like all right talk to the crowd now I gotta pivot back to the joke and you can to be able to flow in and out of it just you know smoothly yeah you don't want to be telling a joke and then be like uh, and then you just go into talking and then you go back into a joke that it's so random. 
Yeah. yeah, but it's such a it's such a feeling. Like you can't. There's no right or wrong way. When you're on stage, it's so fucking random and weird. Uh, it's very true, you know. Um, based on the crowd, sometimes based on you. Like, are you having a good day? You know, and if you're not, can you like really hide it? You know, like, are you able to surprise along enough to do your set? Because uh, you've done the set, so you know exactly how it sh- should be said, uh, how you're supposed, how much energy you're supposed to have in it. You know. Yeah, I think I, I build. I feel so much off the crowd too. That's why. Also notice I can't be too drunk. Good tip. Good tip. I like to have at least. I've one drink. seen some comics go home for mics and they're just gone. I'm usually even if I'm too drunk, I can still get through my set. Luckily, I start practicing enough and I know my jokes, but it's never as good as it should be. Mm-hmm. Do you improvise a lot when you do drink? When you when like when you're drunk or not? Because uh, I know for me, like I try to say the one drink to get on stage. I try to use the, the one drink for timing as well. Um, once I'm like three, four, whatever in, like I still do the jokes I plan on it, but it's not the way I wrote them down. Yeah, and it's just it's just out of order. Um, a little out of order, a little le- a lot less words. I, I do them with a lot less words. Instead of doing three sentences, I do it like in one and a half. Like, eh. you know. Um, so do you get like that? Um, I just I don't I I fuck up the punchlines and setups, and I just kind of because a lot of my jokes at least. I like to do like a story kind of jokes mm-hmm. where it's like uh, set up and you set up, set up, set up, and then you hit them with a joke and then they'll set up and joke and then finally hit them with the punchline. I'd like to do more like the longer ones. So like all my jokes are like two to three minutes. Okay. They're really like, I, they're really like five minute stories and I, I cut down and I've just been cutting down. Right. Getting, Right, you come down into little bits and stuff. Yeah, so I, I definitely have my bits. Like some comedians do, just like their setup punchline, setup punchline. Yeah, just the quick jokes, the quick shots. Yeah, and you got others that do like fifteen minutes just to get one punchline out, uh, and those can be brutal. Yeah, but the brutal. trick of those ones, like the hard part, is like keeping people in- interested during the whole setup. Mm-hmm. So you can't your setup can't be too long. Yeah. Without a joke in it. Right. Um, I know I've had some jokes where it's a little too long to get to the actual punchline, to get to the laughter. Um, and I don't really even do these, these jokes anymore, but like every, like every now and then when I notice, like there's no, it just happens naturally, but like there's no laughter going on. Like I managed to somehow throw in something in there just to get like a little laugh that was never intended to be there. But I realized the joke is going on for so long, there's no laughter. And like you're saying, if they're losing interest, they're like literally like, all right, when's this joke coming? Just losing interest. So I found like the best way to kind of do that is like, if you don't have jokes, you have to be talking about something that makes people want to clap. Okay. So like, if you can cause get them to clap, and so like, I have a joke where it talked about me like becoming a world famous comic and like how this show is my my first step into doing that, and I talked about that for like a minute. And people are clapping because they're they're not laughing at the joke. They're just happy for me to be able to be on stage. Mm-hmm. So they can feel that. So they're like, okay, yeah, no, you do that. You do you. So they're still engaged in in my joke, even though they're not laughing. And then when I do hit them with the joke, it's even funnier because they were taking me serious. That's that's a good way. Yeah, you you got them hooked. You got them thinking. 
and then boom, you hit them yeah. with the joke. And like, oh. and then and then you, you snap them out of it. You snap them out of that. Yeah, like, I, I call like left turn jokes. I love doing left turn jokes. Mm-hmm. Where you think I'm going one way, and then I just left turn, and you're just like, oh, I wasn't, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, um, and that's how a lot of jokes should be too. You know, like I, I got one joke, and it works for the most part. But I've had two, three instances now where I've hurt someone, and they're already beating me to the punchline and stuff. That part, that part's rough too. Um, I wanna, hope, I wanna like, I'm, I'm like deep down, like not even deep down. I'm just like praying, like maybe they just see me a couple times, you know, like. But then, cause I don't want it to be like, damn, this joke is just so generic, you know. Um, but yeah, that sucks. But those are fine too, cause those are the ones where people don't laugh at the punchline; they laugh at the setup. It's true. It's true. They're, so they, they see it coming and they already laughing. So when you do say it, it it's fine, cause. They they laugh at the setup. Yeah, and then some I've I've had when that happens sometimes. Um, I just abandon the joke. Cause I'm like I don't want to do a joke that you. I mean, cause maybe maybe they've come to the shows a lot, you know. Maybe they have seen me before, or maybe that joke really is generic that they're just or just be able to pick up on it. So I'm like ah, I just abandon it, and then I just move on to the next joke, whatever it's gonna be, you know. Uh, that's and it kind of sucks. You it know? does. I've had it happen to me a few times too, because you're like, "That's what's my exact punchline." So, so what do you do? What do you do for that thing? Because I mean, you can either one um, continue with the joke, do a different joke, or in the topic we're talking about, improvise a whole new joke or set or a new concept around it. Because um, like, uh, like you can have a joke that's getting generic, people are picking up on it, and whether it's prepared ahead of time or it's on stage you, you spice it up you improvise it now it's the same joke but now you're telling it in a way that they don't see it coming yeah I always trying to make the the right the before left turn you gotta just keep it more subtle so I, I realized the one time that it happened well, last time it happened to me it was at the forum and I was right. telling my joke about the um, smoking through an apple Okay. All right. All right. And the best way to smoke is an apple, you know, because it adds flavor to it and takes away the, the THC smell. That way, whenever I'm smoking crack, people don't think I'm some sort of stoner. So as I was setting it up, and I, I say uh, apple, some dude in the, in the audience in the front row, the one who I don't know if he stayed for that whole night. He did. He went on last, but shirt, he was shirtless. Oh, I think it was, I remember that he night. He was hella high. That dude was gone. Yeah, he was. High. He goes, "You smoking meth?" And I was like, "Fuck, that's." A, yeah, I remember that dude. I remember that dude. Like, he was... So, like, yeah. I don't even know what he said to me. But it was like, he threw me off. To my... Yeah, because he was in the front row. He was sleeping. But he would wake up and say something during every comedian set. And yeah. then pass back out again. Yeah, you know. And then I think he was going on a boat or something. He was going to some penthouse. He said, like, I'm going on a... Hopefully in LA. No, his, his set was terrible. It was awful. Uh, it was uh, way too high. He... I'm, I mean, at least he admitted that too. He's like, I'm way too high. This is my first time. I'm way too high. Like, right, cool. Yeah, it's your first time. I, I get you nervous, so you kind of. He was way too high. His jokes didn't make any <laughs> sense. It didn't. Uh, I mean, on the topic of improvising, I think he improvised his set that night. I think he literally was just like, I'm just get, go on stage and whatever. I'm just going to. I'm going to start talking, and people are just going to love it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, improvising is great. It, when it hits, but it, it can ruin you too. You can be talking, and you just you're having a great set. There's no need to improvise. You're doing great, and then you're like, "I'm feeling a little cocky. I'm gonna try a new joke," 
and then you improvise something, maybe not completely, but some thought you've had, like, I'm going to test it. It's not ready. I'm going to test it. And it just fucks you up. It fucks up. Yeah, so at the show I just did, at Extreme Comedy, I kind of fucked up my last joke because it involves, I call it my crazy girlfriend one, where I talk about, like, the best chicks in bed, or number three is crazy girls, number two is gymnasts, and the number one girl in bed is an amputee, obviously. So I'm saying hashtag no nub, no love. So I finished a joke with, by saying um, they ask dumb questions because amputees, you know, the simplest things will leave them stumped. That's my closer. And I wrote that. I was like, I was like that's going to be a final joke. That's going to be the one that's going to get the most laughs. And then right before I said that, I was uh, on stage and I improvised. And I was like, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm a freak. I don't care. I'll lick the stump, which got a great amount of laughs. But since I just used the word stump, that now undercut the, my final joke of leaving them stumped. So like, crap, now what I do? So like, I'm just gonna say it anyway. So I still said the final joke, and of course they're getting laughs because uh, at the left turn has already been taken when yeah. I said I licked the stump, so you kind of undercut myself there. But I did add it in, and now I just make sure to add it in afterwards. It was, as I put it in, I'm a freak, I don't care. I'll lick the stump while I hump, make her jump. And I do like a like a thing while I do it and kind of sell it right right so um, you felt cocky you were like I'm feeling it let me throw this little new twist improv in real quick grew in the, 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 the punchline but you revamped it yeah so you managed to get a new tag that gets chuckles and then on top of that managed to keep it because it sucks if you come up with a joke or a, a tag or you improvise on say whatever that gets laughs but you can't recreate it because it doesn't fit in the set because if you yeah. do this joke, this one can't go, because it, it kind of like it won't fit. So you know you did great. Then like uh, okay, I'm making making it fit. Gonna make it work. I'm gonna keep it. Yeah, I thought about being adding to it and going like you know I have her here. I got one leg in the air, this stump in the air. And I'm just like licking it and I'm helping. Like I'm just like, but I was like nah, probably too much. I feel like that might be too much for the joke. <laughs> so I took it back out. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you gotta. Sometimes you, you know, gotta know when it's too much. People aren't ready for that kind of lifestyle. Uh, a little bit, because I was like, nah. like I mean, I could see it. You know, I can definitely see it. Like, um, you know, I know like when you go too far, like too much. Oh, that's too much, huh? Yeah. That's that's the way to get out of that joke if it doesn't go well. Like, oh, you guys uh, never. That's for the that. line. My bad. I'm like, oh yeah, that's mm -hmm. the line. I'll step back now. Yeah. And that that also seems to be like a quick. Uh, it's not even. I wouldn't even say it's an improv line, but that's a quick get out of jail. Not get. I don't know what to call it. But yeah, it's one of those like, all right, let me backpedal out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think no, I think you can look a stump on stage. I think you get away with it, you know. Yeah, it's and also said how you sell the backpedal. Like you don't have it for, I don't have it for any particular jokes, but I have my certain ones that I would just go to, if I can tell. Like the, you know, you get a reaction and you go, okay, I got this reaction. They're like, ooh, so then I say this, mm -hmm. and they're like, mm, I don't know, and I say that. Yeah. Um, and if you can learn how to backpedal out of it without being one of those generic lines, like, oh, you guys never for that. Oh, that's for me. Um, I think that's really great improvising. If you can somehow just out of that joke, you know, like, um, what was I going to, I was going to, because I was thinking in my head just now when you're like licking the leg, you know, licking the stump, got that. And then besides saying like, oh, you guys never ran for that. Like, like what? You never seen a thumper before, you know, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, that's someone who like, uh, crap, I forgot what T stand for. 
someone who taps the the stumps, you know, it's like oh, the thumper. Thumper. That's where my logic was in there, like you know. Thumper. The thumper is like tender, but for amputees. Yeah, you know, something like along those lines. And then you explain like what you guys don't like. You guys don't discriminate against thumpers, you know, tender for stumps, you know. Damn. Something like something along those lines, you know. Um, I think it's great if you can come up with something like that, you know, like you improvise a new concept as a, a backpedal instead of a generic, uh, you guys were ready for that. Yeah, the best backpedals have to do something with a joke in which you kind of mm-hmm. backpedal of it. Like if you just, it can't be too generic. Right. And then eventually that can be part of the joke, you know? Yeah. Um, you purposely throw that joke in there just so you can throw this backpedal out. Because that's where the real joke is, you know? Which is like I said, which is what I thought you were doing with the OnlyFans. Yeah. I thought that was a purpose backpedal. Like, oh, I did that joke. Um, yeah, it's not going to last, but bam, here's the real one, you know? Because uh, that's definitely a huge left turn, you know? Like, I don't know. How to, I, don't know how to I don't know. I think that's pretty clear what I'm trying to say, you know? You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can have that thumper, though. I think you can, I think you can work on something with that thumper. Oh, I like a thumper. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, you know? Uh, that sounds like some good slang, though. <laughs> like a th- I mean, you can start off the joke, like, you know what a thumper is, you know? And then you just start with the licking, you know, you just, just do the hands, and then, like, oh, you guys don't know, it's an amputee, you know? Yeah. And boom. Hashtag double thumper, all right? Ooh, all right. Uh, uh, two girls, one stomp. That's my... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and that's the other thing, like, with improvising, like, um, as a comic, like, we sometimes just improvise without knowing we're improvising. And not even on stage, but off stage. We're just having conversations, talking. Because that's all we do most of the time. Like, we're just hanging out, and then we just start riffing, like, out of nowhere. That's, yeah. all, that's all improvising, you know? We're not making jokes, planning on making jokes. We're just, like, this thumper thing that just came into my head, you know? Then you're talking about, you know, uh, a double thumper and stuff. That's the real improvising off the stage. Yes. He's talking with people, especially, like, fans, and they'll tell you, like, like this joke, and then you start... Fuck with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And next thing you know, you might have a new joke out of it, you know? Because, uh, the, yeah, the real improvising is off the stage. I've had a lot of jokes that came just from hanging out and talking. I'm like, that's a good idea, you know? Wasn't planning on writing a joke, wasn't trying to be funny, wasn't trying to improv, nothing. Just, uh, you know, I just I just saw you licking a, a, a stump, and I'm like, oh, like a th- he's a thumper. Just watch me licking the stump. Yeah, and it's like, that's... <laughs> you were just watching me, just randomly, you know? Uh-uh. We're at the green door. I'm a, I'm a whomper, you know, someone who watches. Stumps. <laughs> I'm a whomper. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah, uh, impro- yeah, but impro- like, we're at, improvising can hurt you. That's what we were talking about now. Improvising can't hurt you. You shouldn't improvise every time. Yes, because sometimes it'll throw you off, and then you'll get off on a tangent, and then you'll, like I said, it, it can fuck up your jokes. Mm-hmm. If you improvise, because you'll sometimes throw in your, your punchline and early, because it's still in your mind. Yeah. Um, I have a joke that I, uh, I was practicing, you know, I was practicing the joke, and I spaced out. You know, I was in the shower, and I spaced out, and then I improvised a new joke, and I'm like, wait, I like this one better. But I like that one as well. And I wanted to do them both, and you can't. And you don't want to do that on stage. Yeah. Yeah. But, man, is there anything else with improvising that you've had experience seeing or doing? 
I know. I was watching um, Butch Bradley. He's good. He his improvising on stage is really good. But I noticed like he'll lock in on somebody so talking to someone. He'll get something out of them that's funny, and then he'll just add that to his set, and he'll circle back to it every so yeah. often, and just bring them back in. And that's how he keeps the crowd, you know, yeah. active. Yeah, he's great with the crowd work. He's he's he's. I've seen him. He's great with the crowd work, and then his callbacks to the crowd work. Yeah, he's, like he, he doesn't call back to the joke. He'll call back to the crowd work if he needs to, if you want, if he wants to. And he'll do it to each. He'll have it for like five different people, and he'll call them back each one, and it'll feel so organic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like he's he's great at that. He is a, he is great at that. You know. But what about bad experience? Have you seen anyone do a bad? Bad improvising. Uh, it, it's just when you don't have your, your joke and people don't have jokes, and they just talk to the crowd to fucking fill time just to stay on stage. Mm-hmm. Then they have nothing to say. So, like I said, they don't have a joke. They just go up there and just talk to the crowd. And they're like, "Hey, what do you do?" And they're like, "I work for a school district." Like, "Oh, cool. My mom works for a school district." And it was like, "That's a nice conversation, but what the hell are you doing on stage right now?" That would have been a great segue for me. Like, "Oh, school district. Yeah, fuck them kids." Yeah. Yeah, I got a a joke that can lead to that, you know. Um, You just gotta have something to say, like when you're just talking on stage, you're just like, oh, you know, let's see, let's talk about this. Hey, what are you like? So for you, then it's I would I would say then for you, it's when you are doing crowd work, or you know, you're really looking for someone to say what you want to hear. No, I don't have nothing. I want them to say something random. That way, I can be random. I like to be random. Because so. it, it's weird, because you want to be random, but you also have your set list. You're like, I want to talk about these jokes. So my set, my, my crowd work has nothing to do with my set list. If, so, I'm, talk, if I'm doing actually when I talk to the crowd, I have no jokes planned. It's just me trying to whiff off what they're saying. If I'm doing my set list, I, there's nothing to do with the crowd. I, I don't build up any crowd. Okay, all right. So you're, you're just, on the crowd work is where you're, just, you're really just brand yeah, improvising. improvising. Um, but then you go once you get to the set, it's locked yeah, in. Yeah, my set list is already locked in. I already know what I want to say. I might have it to where I, I answer a general question out to the audience. Like they believe in karma, something like that, but not actually trying to talk to anyone in particular. Gotcha, okay, all right. I think that's a good way to look at it too. Uh, I know some people, when they do crowd work, they're, they're fishing. You know, they're fishing yeah. for a, a segue into the joke or something. Or uh, I read somewhere like, or I saw someone's like, when they're doing crowd work, they're trying to build a rapport with that person. You know, they're getting facts and stuff so that they can call back to them on a later on on another joke. You know, if they have a joke about accounting and they happen to meet someone talking to accounting, you know, they reference like, hey, remember that guy, accounting guy? You're just completely random. You're just like, hey, I'm just, yeah. just all right, what's up, you know? Yeah, and then usually, because usually my crowd, I don't actually talk about Usually if I'm saying my, my joke set up and then someone says something to me. And then I just riff off that. Is how my crowd work usually goes. I, I almost never talk to the crowd. Uh, neither do I. I don't, I don't, I don't care to. I don't like to. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of like you. I want to work on what I wrote down. I want to try that out. I want to make sure that works. Yeah. Um, so as far as improvising goes, I don't really do it too much unless it's not going well or I forgot my jokes. Uh, luckily for me, for now, I can, if I, I can, I can improvise well enough to get out of it. Versus when I first started out, and I forgot my jokes. I'm like, I don't know what to do now, you know. 
So have you ever gone through that experience where you just um, oh, space out and just like, I don't know what to do next? Yeah. It happens. It happens. And I said, usually for me, it's after I finish a punchline and I forget to think about the next joke. So then you just kind of, you, you stall in and then I uh, usually try and just think of something because I know I have jokes. Uh, so the, the immediate next joke I think of, I will start to say. So what do you do? What do you do at improv to kill that time where you're like uh, waiting for that next joke? What do you do? Um, I'll just, I'll, I think I'll just, I'll just start to bullshit the crowd. It's not like it's so weird because I, like, I love being on stage, so I can just talk to them and I'll just start saying anything random just to keep them entertained, just enough to where. In my head, I'm going through everything, like the joke, any, any joke. And once I think of the joke, I'll start to say it, but I'll just be bullshitting them. Like, yeah, you know, it's crazy out here. It's the weather. I'm right, a Niners right. fan. They fucking suck. I'm a uh, Kings fan. They fucking suck. You know, but speaking of sports, you know, and then bam. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when you, so if when you do Im- improv, improvise, it's, you blanked out, and you, you're just giving yourself a minute to like catch up, whatever you're gonna do. Versus yeah. me, when I am, when I forget, I just make up some kind of new joke. I don't interact with the crowd. Uh, that's that's only when I have nothing to say. I think my best improvisions are when I said a joke and the crowd reacted to it, and I just I just go based on the crowd reaction because I don't like speak to anyone in particular. I still speak out to the crowd. Like at the last show I did, I I did the, the crack joke. And I was like, and it was like, hashtag Whitney. <laughs> and then the crowd went, ooh. And I was like, oh, my bad. It's too soon? She'd be like, my bad. Should I said Bobby? Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I said that. I was like, my bad. Okay, my bad. For next show, I'll do hashtag Bobby. Right? <laughs> yeah. Still too soon? Amy Winehouse? Yeah. Bobby's good, right? He's still alive. I mean, Amber Island is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, it's, it's different how people do it. Yeah. Um, how people deliver a joke, improvise on stage. Every It's... And like it's subjective, like you said. So how you tell a joke versus someone else tells it, like, like the same joke, whatever, versus the, how the crowd reacts is completely different. Uh, improvising is the same because improvising, no one knows what they're gonna do. They're improvising, yeah. and it's it's cool how different people in, improvise on stage. You know, uh, like I said, I'll try to come up with whatever joke I'm coming up with. You know, like I'll premise my pop in my head, like I'm fucking, I'm going with this. You know. Um, you're just interacting like, what's up, you know? I think it's one of my funniest, and I'm just up and I'm chill, like I'm just kind of loose. Mm-hmm. I'm not tripping, like I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny, I'm just trying to be myself. Right, right. And, and I think, I think it's, um, I mean, for doing it fairly on, I don't think it sounds like you've had many nights where you've had to really improvise and think, uh, what am I going to do next? Is that accurate, or? I've had some nights, uh, well... Yeah, but it's not so much of open mics. Open mics, it's only five minutes. And if you don't have five minutes of comedy, then it's that's such a short amount of time. You can, any decent, like, can fill five minutes. Mm-hmm. Even right. if you're not getting jokes, five, five minutes is very short. Right, right. But when you start getting, like, the, the 15, 20 minutes sets, that's when it gets, gets in. So I haven't done one of those in a while. But like doing those, like I think my longest set I ever did was like half an hour. Damn. And it was uh, for halfway house. So it was like the heart of the pandemic last year. It was halfway house. They couldn't go anywhere. So they just had a huge backyard. So I just went to their backyard and I just did it for them. 
So it was like, so I had all the time in the world. I was, I was the only person performing that night. So they literally just, it was just me. So I got to do all my jokes. And yeah, I think like around 25 minutes, I was like, I, I, I think I stopped. I still missed like two or three jokes. But half an hour is such a long fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. And how did that, how did that side go? That went really well. Yeah. Did you stick mainly to the jokes? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did, I, I did reference the fact that I, couldn't remember my joke set. I I wrote it down on my I wrote my jokes down on my hand, but I sweated them. I sweated so it faded, so I couldn't read it. And I showed the crowd like I wrote my jokes down, but my sweat faded <laughs> on my jokes, so I don't know what's supposed to say next. So give me a second, and I kind of use that to my advantage. All right, so see, I, I, yeah, because I think because I said when they feel your pain. Yeah, I, I feel like being honest is the best improvising you could do. Um, you just being straight up honest, like. I wrote them down, but I don't remember them. You know, you can see versus stalling. Like, oh, let me uh, let me think for a second. You know, what joke do I want to do next? Uh, I feel just being honest is the best form of improvising. Yeah, they just see you and they're like, because you can be funny when you're you, when you were as I mean, a lot we're comics. We're, a lot of us are funny off stage just because we're being honest, just like ourselves. Yeah, uh, and you can't always you, you try to take translate that onto stage. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to improvise, be honest on stage. Just, I wrote them down. You know, tell them the truth. No bullshitting. Good yeah. To be honest, I said, because it's a tragedy too. It's like, com- it's a, like comedy is just tragedy plus time. Yeah. So, okay. being heartbroken, like I said, using that, that pain, people will relate to that. Right, right. Um, you know, here's, here's, a, here's a, another question when it comes to improvising. Um, so recently I was at a show, and this guy did the, a joke I have. Um, I, I don't think he stole the joke because I've never really seen the guy where I'm at. You know, I've seen him maybe once or twice at places. And when I heard him do the joke, it was almost verbatim, you know. But the joke itself is so generic that I was like, not upset. I'm like, no, this, I probably got this from somebody else. You know, it felt so generic. But have you ever had a show where it was, there was a joke or a premise very similar to yours? So you had to change up your set? You had to like think, hmm, what am I going to do now? Yes. Well, the jokes were different, but the punchline was the same. Mm. And I had one about uh, kids where I said, like, I want kids. And I dated a white girl. And, like, the scariest thing in the world is a little white girl at the end of the hallway with that dress, that old-timey dress with that doll, no eyes, and just walking, saying, come play with me. So that's my joke like that. And the other dude, he had a joke where he's, uh, he was white and his kids were white and they were doing basically like the same thing. Like he had two, do- two daughters and they were freaking him out because they were asking like to play with him. So it's like the, that same kind of punchline. So. so yeah, you like, even if you tell it differently, you're going to end up in the same spot. Yeah. So you had to change up your, your set for that. Yeah, so I, I just scrapped that whole joke. Mm-hmm. And the whole bit, and just did another one. Do you still use that at all, or no? You comp- or did you completely get rid of it? No, I still use it. Okay. He, that guy was from L.A. He was just busy. he was driving through. Gotcha, gotcha. But I said the joke still works and it's still still good. It was just if with side by side next to his joke, you know. Uh, and yeah, it's. Uh, I I mean I got, I feel like it's with like music, especially now how they take they remix songs from back in the nineties. 80s, whatever, doing taking samples to make new songs. 
Um, and if, I mean, I guess we're at the age where we hear it, like, no, this, this came out like 2000, whatever, you know? But it's a completely different song. The same thing with jokes, you know? Eventually things are going to get reused. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, if you look back all the way back, it's just. Yeah, like, like I mean, like the easy topic is like dating. It's always going to be dating jokes. Uh, it's always going to be about someone getting broken up with and they're hurt uh, or they're bitter. You know, it's always going to be there. There's always going to be those jokes uh, like being broke. You know, that's always people are going to do not having money. So it's but in you, the, the whole creepy white girl joke, I feel like that's more uncommon uh, of a little girl just saying, come play with me. Yeah, it is uncommon, but it, it's still the, the kids joke. A lot of comics joke about the kids. Yeah. True. I joke about my kids too. Yeah, I don't have kids, but if I did, I don't need just because I flush the toilet. <laughs> Saying bye bye, kiddos. No, I don't have kids. So, you know, she swallowed, so it's all right. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I don't have kids because uh, good looking out, bro. Yeah, I think it was him. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, you know that's a you know. Okay, look. So we're talking about improvising. That's a great. That gave me a great because I do a joke. About my ex-wife, and I'm like, I'm making jokes, and I'm like, we didn't have no kids, you know, like, and I go like, looking out, bro. But that's a great uh, idea you told me that I could be like, or was it you, bro? I don't, I don't. Yeah, one you two. Someone help me out. Yeah, okay. And this is what I mean about improvising. Like, you don't know when it's gonna happen. You know, you just something just we're just talking, and then boom, I got a new tag. I'm taking that tag, by the way. That's, I, I like that tag. That's good. You but, can have it. But you don't know when it's gonna come out. Yeah. You know, it might be on stage. It might be off stage. So, as prepared as you are, you have to be quick. You have to be able to react. And it's not like being uh, quick. It's like you just gotta have hella jokes in your repertoire, and it's just always being. It able to say a joke that you had you didn't even know it would work for the situation yeah that's true that's true um i mean i have my jokes i write them out i practice them it never usually goes exactly how i wrote them down never 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 once for me either mm, yeah but uh, and i think that's what big improvising is too you know because we can rehearse it as much as we want and it might not ever come up on stage if we say slightly different because uh, yeah, we get bored too saying it yeah and i think that's where the real improvisation is like Every, every time you go on stage, you're kind of improvising every time. Because uh, I've heard jokes from other comics, but it's always a little different. Something's a little different just because we do it so often. Yeah. And you think, maybe if I just tweak this one word, this one inflection, add a little pause here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe do a bit, maybe better pantomime here. Yeah. Um, taking out a tag or adding a tag. Because um, I have a couple jokes where I don't do a tag. For some reason, it just doesn't feel right. Uh, other times, I do the tag. Uh, so, I mean, as far as like improvising go, I think it's a lot more common than we think we're doing it. I think we do it without even knowing we're improvising. Because uh, I'm sure, do you have any jokes like that where you have a tag and you don't do it? And it works out better or worse. And then sometimes you're like, hmm, do well, Yeah, sometimes I just forget. And then the worst part is like when you're doing another joke and you go back and you mean here like, fuck, I forgot that part of this joke. Yeah. So, exactly. So, we're improvising whether we want to or not sometimes. Yeah, I have to, yeah, because I will forget like the tag. I forget the, what I wrote down. I go, oh, I will forget my actual joke that I wrote down. So, I have to just, but I have to say something. So, I improvise and then say whatever pops in my head. And sometimes... It works and gets laughs. Sometimes it doesn't. But if it works, I, I always try and 
at least try and remember it. Right, right. Um, so like we're over. Man, we've been going for over an hour actually. Yeah, we've been going good. Cause I try to end these like a, keep them at an hour long. Um, you know. Uh, but that was wow! I didn't know we went that far. We 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 really improvised on this podcast. Yes, no, we've been uh, talking for a good minute. Yeah. Um, okay. So obviously, you know, the podcast is, is it's for anyone who's trying to start up comedy, who's doesn't know where to start, how to start, um, doesn't know what they want to talk about, how to talk about it. You know, so I try to pick a topic, and I think improvising is a good topic because I'm sure there's people out there who are like, man, I'm funny. I can just go up there right now randomly and just be funny. I'd say never do that. Yeah, it might you you could be gifted. But you're probably not. Have some, but at least still have something to say. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to go into it. Yeah. If you don't, you don't be prepared to say something. Exactly. Exactly. So I- improvising, uh, it'll come with time. You know, like, like we've been talking, we've, we do it without even knowing it, you know, like, yeah. And yeah. So this, I think this is a great topic, you know, like I didn't realize how much I improvise talking to you. Like I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I, I improvise more than I thought, you know? Yeah, it's it's crazy, but that's that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So, um, on that note, is there any tip, any advice you would give yourself back? Like everything you know now, is there anything you would tell your younger self back when you started comedy? What advice could you give yourself? The best advice I can give myself is one I got from someone else, and it's your best stories are your best jokes. Best stories are your best jokes. And who did yeah. you get that one from? Um, it was just some guy at the Sacramento Comedy Spot. Okay. He was like one of the regulars there. Uh, a regular guy. I can't remember his name. Guy with the face. But he, he gave me the advice, and then I went home that day, and I spent hours writing. Now, it's it, crazy. Like this, it'll, it'll take me at least eight, nine hours to write four, four or five minutes worth of fucking comedy. <laughs> It's rough sometimes. Yes, it's but rough. but once I get going, it's so much fun. Yeah, definitely. Once you get into that groove, you're just like, all right, I'm going. You know, and you just start riffing. Just yeah, you know, and I'll write and I'll delete and I'll rewrite it this way and I'll delete it and rewrite it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you might give the same advice, but what advice would you give to anyone who's about to start comedy, who wants to start comedy? Just that, just write out your jokes, know what you're gonna say on stage. Practice and go have fun. It's not. It's not rocket science. It's not hard. So be prepared. Uh, yes. Do just, your homework. Do not be that drunk guy at the bar that's like, I can yeah. do this, and yeah, you find out you can't. Have a drink or two. Get loose. Whatever you need to do. Some people's shticks are, are to be high. Some people be drunk. Was, was it like? Was it Ron White that's always drunk on stage? Uh, I feel like I don't know. Bill Ingvall like this all. I, I've, I'm, I'm pretty close to always being drunk on stage. I at least have one beer. Yeah, I'm definitely never sober, but some people are like just faded, and that's their whole thing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been gone, gone on stage. Like a Mitch Hepburn was definitely high as shit for all this fucking specials. Aren't all comedians high as shit, though? Like <laughs> those, uh, those circles, those, pat, those four or five joints going around? I uh, see, I can't. I can't smoke before I, I go on stage. Okay, I, don't, I can't smoke at all, really, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I get way too mellow. I get sleepy. So I got, I can do a, a buzz. I think it's about where I'm at. I think it'll still be perfect. Any more than a buzz. It's too, too much for me. A buzz is too much. I just need the, I just need the, too much. All right. Uh, okay, so, um, yeah, um, like he says, just prepare. Write something. Yeah. 
don't just randomly go up there. Prepare yourself what you're gonna say. Do you have anything? Any closing other remarks? Do you have any? Do you have any, any shows coming up? Anything? Uh, no, I'm just gonna be hitting mics, open mics, just hoping just to practice and get my get better. All right, man. That's all we can do. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening on the podcast. Thanks for watching. If you're looking on YouTube, Mark Johnson. Um, follow him on Instagram. What's your Instagram again? Mark Johnson L O D. Mark with a C. Mark with a C. All right. Uh, so goodbye from me. Goodbye from Mark with a C. Later. Later.